Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. And this is Alex. Today we're doing question and answer. We're continuing for an episode from last week. So this is the question and answer number three, part two. Yes, it should be part, it should be question answer four. You're wondering why are we doing this to you? It's just. It's, it's well, it's, it's, we're <laughs> continuing from the last episode. So it's uh, part, part three, part two. It's like Rambo. And yet again, in case you forgot, you know, questions and answers are where oh, we right. answer your questions about moving to Germany, living in Germany, everything Germany or related to the podcast. You've got the Q's, we've got the A's. Well, let's take part in this together and get started. <laughs> And thanks for joining us, guys. This is, of course, episode 75. 75. We are officially retired. That is a round number. Ooh, depends where you live, though. I don't know. Yeah, I heard the retirement age is going up in Germany, so maybe God. maybe we're still maybe we're still uh, working, or or we're uh, we're grabbing those cans out of the uh, out of the uh, trash cans, bring back the fund, collecting that uh, recycle money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, seventy five. That's that's pretty nutty. That's uh, almost a dollar. If you're counting in cents. <laughs> yes. Sorry, that took me a sec. Yes. True. Almost a dollar. Uh, thank you for joining us. It's always good to have you guys with us. We're just going to get right into it because we've got news and shout outs. So let's yes. let's go ahead and do that. Yes. Uh, the first one was this past Monday, we were on. Uh, we were interviewed on a show uh, who we've been on before. He's also been on our show. This is Eric. And he talked to us about living in Berlin, about the podcast, about many other topics. So that should be out right now actually when this episode comes out so yeah as you're listening to this this show should be available yes and that's his podcast is called eric on the world uh it's pretty interesting he's a funny dude and he has a lot of wild stories to tell so uh, check that out we're on there yeah yeah it's, it was fun times and he's finally back in berlin back in germany he was he mo- made it. moving around for a while so anyways go check out his show that well, is well done eric, eric on the world check out our episode yeah. and next due to lack of demand vaccination centers in all of the german states are beginning to shut down for example in berlin of the roughly seven main vaccination centers all of them will be closed by the end of this month, except for two of them. You know, government officials are worried because this is due to uh, just the demand going way down and the uh, vaccination rollout has like almost screeched to it's a like halt. stagnated. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, because uh, as of now, only 52% of Germans are fully vaccinated. And to really get us into kind of a herd immunity, kind of into a safe area, we need to be more at 70, 80% which at this point doesn't look like we're going to get to anytime soon. And if at all, uh, because uh, we've been at roughly 50% for months. So so that just shows that the people who want to get vaccinated have been vaccinated. And those left are just anti-vaxxers, anti-masks, maskers, if you call them anti-masks. I I, I can't imagine that half the country is anti-maskers. I was also reading an article the other day that was talking about a lot of the reason why some people aren't getting it is just because it's of inconvenience. It's super easy to get though. I, but it's like some people in some, especially in rural areas where they're working a lot and uh, they go to the doctor for a routine checkup and like, oh, do you want a vaccination? They're like, yeah, but I guess the doctors only have a certain amount of vaccinations. Like, oh, come back tomorrow. And they're like, eh, no, I don't want to come back tomorrow. So I guess a lot of it's also is like people just don't feel like going an extra mile to get it, which sucks. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like my... My girlfriend's family lives in like the middle of nowhere in a town that has like a few thousand people and they're all vaccinated. So it's like, it's like it's small villages. It's easy to get vaccinated. Like you can oh, it's do it. It's definitely easy everywhere. Yeah. I think some people just, you know, don't feel, I, don't, I can't imagine half the country's anti-vaxxer. You know what I mean? That's ridiculous. Yeah. But, but so that means half the country's just lazy. 
Yeah. <laughs> in a worldwide pandemic? I mean, that, that's, I guess so. is, is, that, is that any better? Not really. I, I don't know. Because <laughs> the, the results are the same. Regardless of the reason for only being half va- vaccinated, uh, yeah, the, result, the results are the same, especially with this Delta variant coming in. Yeah. We might, we're going to have a pretty harsh uh, fall. We are. L- luckily, right now, Germany's doing a decent job, better than a lot of other European countries. Um, we're around 3,000 cases a day at the moment. Which remember um, the first time we went into lockdown, it was like only five or six thousand. So it's actually three thousand is pretty high. Actually, three thousand is pretty high, but uh, it's not yeah. like it was twenty five or thirty thousand like it was in the yeah. winter. But but a, f- a few months ago, the incident rate in Berlin was one point five, and now we're at forty two. So yeah. things are going up. So yeah, I don't know how decent things are going in Germany right now. It's true, but um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, on October eleventh, I guess all like COVID tests will no longer be free. All right. So up until now, getting a test in Germany has been, you know, pretty easy, painless, pretty simple. Yeah. Um, millions of test centers throughout the cities, and uh, like I never had a problem. It was very you got millions simple. of test centers. A minimum. <laughs> there was hundreds of them throughout cities, and like it was very easy to get one. And I guess the government feels like it needs to start charging money for the tests in order to give those who are not vaccinated more of an incentive to you know get that get that. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if suddenly every week you're spending a hundred euro on tests, you might right. you might think twice about getting the vaccination. Get, get, yeah. get the free vaccine. Yeah. Uh, and currently, for those who are unvaccinated, they need to provide a negative test result to go eating in restaurants, to go to the gym, to kind of do anything social and fun. even go to, go to the movie theaters. You movie need to theaters. Test. So the hope is that um, don't just only start paying for all these things, then they'll you know get their tests, uh, get their uh, vaccines, and we'll limit the need for tests. Um, I understand it. I'm not sure how I feel on it, um, but I, hopefully it'll force people to get that vaccine and get herd immunity or whatever we need. I mean, it, it makes sense because if you're vaccinated, you don't, you don't have to get any of these tests. Right. And so, it's free. So, so it's, well, I mean, but I mean, once it's been charged, like you, it'll be still be free for you because you won't need to get the test anyway. So it's, you're not paying. No, I, mean, I mean, the vaccine is free. So like. Right. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I'm all for it because what they did is they projected that by October 11th, everyone in Germany who wanted a vaccine will have had it by then, Okay, unfortunately, because we're only 50%. But because it's been so widely available right now, you don't even need an appointment. You know, So they're like, we'll give two more months. By then, you have no excuse to not have gotten it. If you wanted it, you would have gotten it by then. So they think that's a good point and start charging for it because they've given you every opportunity to get a vaccine. And- I wonder if that'll hold up because the German elections are in September and by October 11th, I'm pretty sure there'll be a new um, government in place. So I wonder if they'll keep that or not. So be interesting. I heard the main candidates supported it. So oh uh, yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it, and they did say anyone who's unable to get a vaccine, like uh, you're pregnant or um, some medical issues, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, then uh, it'll the test will continue to be free for you. It'll, okay, that that's good. But that's if you good. if you have no excuse and you just don't want to get the vaccine, you're just going to start paying a lot of money because I think it'll be like thirty euro each or something like that. Yeah, it's thirty two or something like that. Yeah, because I was worried about that. The people who literally cannot get it yeah. medically, so that's good. They're exempt from it. Then um, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm down. Get vaccinated, loiter. And, uh, you know, like we like to mention, you know, currently we are sponsorless and are. You know, every euro that, you know, if you guys feel to bring in even one euro, 50 cents, it all, it all helps us keep the show going and bringing you guys great t- content. And we, I wish you could see our faces cause we get super awkward every time we <laughs> have feels, to, I'm, cr- I'm getting yeah. goose, like cringing. We right have now. to, every time we have to bring this up, we get super awkward, but you know, a good example is we had a, like a two month period, a couple months ago where we had no sponsor. Yeah. 
and without the donation money, the podcast might have ended. It, yeah. Just because you guys really, all, all listeners, you guys really uh, carried us through. So yeah, because we got to pay for hosting, we got to pay for the website, we got to pay for the whiskey, whiskey everything, you know, the equipment. So, anyways, donations always help. So if you're in the mood, feel free. If not, continue to listen. We we will be happy just the same. We're a free know. podcast, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Anyways, how you doing? How you been? Yeah, not much really. Um, doing all right. Back from vacation, things are. Uh, feeling starting to feel normal again because I'm not moving uh, anymore. Right. Vacation's over, so now I'm like back to the daily grind, which kind of feels good to have some normality again. And mm. you know, go to stuff like nine to five work, see some friends at the work, have weekends. You know, like it sounds really boring, which it is, but it's, I'm happy to get back to like some some normal schedule again without the stress of moving or vacationing or whatever. You know, so yeah, because even vacations has like their like. Uh, you know, degree of stress, you know, sure. like, uh, yeah, know. we just started, started the kindergarten year up again, have some new kids. They're really cool kids, uh, nice. new room. So yeah, it's, it's been nice. I'm working with your girlfriend now. She's one of my colleagues. That's pretty cool. Yes. My girlfriend now, uh, is, is in the same, cl- they are, they are now co-teachers of the same class before they were colleagues in the same school, but now yeah. they actually share the same class of kids. Which exactly. Is pretty cool. Super so, cool. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, fun. I'm glad to hear that's working out. Yeah, everyone, me too. everyone seems to be happy with it. Cause as we mentioned before, sometimes when you bring friends together in a, like a working situation like that, maybe it affects the friendship in a negative way, but it seems like it's, it's all working out. It's only been a week. So we'll see what, we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh no. Okay. <laughs> Hope we'll be all right. I think we will. Nice. Yeah. yeah. How about yourself? Uh, not much that I can think of the usual, the usual jam. Aren't uh, you, uh, aren't you going to be in a commercial? Yeah. It's yeah. I think it's like an online commercial Delio, what, what, whatever you want to call it, it's it's for uh, Verkaufendeinauto.de, which it's is a great name. Which, which if, you, <laughs> if you've listened to German radio or TV, like you've heard that jingle, Verkaufendeinauto.de. Yeah, it's basically it's kind of like a what's it like auto trader in the U.S. or, it, or it, it translates to we buy your car. Dot com. It's basically a place to yeah to to sell your used cars and that kind of a, a jam. Do you remember uh, Cash for Clunkers? Yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, that was uh, after the uh, the crash in 2008. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Trying to like get that economy going, yeah. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was a cool, cool program, actually. Cool program. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I did, did that um, shooting. They, they shot it in stop motion, so I had to do all my actions like super slow. Oh, really? As they were taking all the pictures, and then they'll create the flip book, you know, you know, with all the actions going together. Yeah, basically just me looking amazed that I sold my car on the app. <laughs> like, yeah, super excited in slow motion. So, yeah, anyways, if it comes out, I'll try to send you guys a link to that that was a fun little I'm, I'm excited for thing. that yeah we'll see, see what happens <laughs> but yeah anyways no transition here whiskey we have it and we're gonna drink it if anyone's listening right now well i'm sure some of you are uh <laughs> we would love for you guys to drink with us um as long as you know you're of legal age and have no drinking problems to drink with us and uh, let us know what you're drinking we're having some today i'll tell you what we're drinking right now Please. this is just awful <laughs> i'm my brain okay we're drinking that was a tangent my god we are drinking uh, we're going back to the glenfiddich which we've had before Sorry, say that slower glenfiddich there we go which we've had before it's a pretty well-known uh scotch maker and but this is the 15 year which I've been very excited to try for a long time. Yeah, we did this early on. Actually, I thought I thought it was in the first ten episodes. It was actually uh, episode like twenty to twenty five when we had the Glen Fittage for the first time. But it was a Glen Fittage twelve years, I believe. 12. And so fifty episodes in advance, we're now have bumped it up three years to the fifteen we year. <laughs> we could have we could have distilled our own whiskey <laughs> we, in that time. We made it, man. Yeah. So this is a Glen Fittage single malt Scotch whiskey, fifteen years. It's called. Our Solera 15. 
This warm and spicy single malt is matured for 15 years in bourbon, new oak, and cherry cask before harmonizing in our unique Solera vat. Ooh. From the Valley of the Deer, Glenfiddich. Mmm. Taste yours now. Yeah, because I read from the back, Glenfiddich actually means Valley of the Deer. In Gaelic. Gaelic. Because it is a scotch from Scotland. It says in the back, our Solera. 15-year-old embodies our ingenuity and inventiveness. I know inventiveness was a word. Sure. Inspired by Spanish sherry bodegas, we marry, mellow, and intensify our malts in large oak solera vats to create deeper, warmer flavors. Never emptied, they host an infinity of malts for complexity and harmony. So that means they keep reusing their barrels. Yeah. That's fun. That means the flavor would keep be Always ever, changing. Ever changing. Yeah. yeah. 15-year Glenfiddich. Let's pop it. Unfortunately, mm. it's a, that, was a, that was a weak pop. Weak pop. And yeah. also, it's a plastic cap. ASMR, that hear that? But for, for, for a 15-year, though, it was rather cheap. It was like True. 40 euro. So, I mean, uh, it's also a very big distillery. Right. Um, they're, they're the... Uh, they're working with volume. <laughs> they're the William Grant and Sons Global Brands Limited. Is that a distillery? <gasps> no, get out of here. Tullamore. Tullamore Co. I guess owns it. Oh, okay. There you go. Interesting. Well, it's like, you know, like these other car brands own all the other car brands. So it's like. So Volkswagen owns everything. Yeah. Yeah. Including Porsche. And Lamborghini. Mm. And Audi. That smells good. That does smell good. Cheers. Smells like Glenfiddich. Oh, that's smooth. It's kind of fruity, actually. It is. A little sweet fruitiness. I like it. It's very smooth. Decent burn. Nice. Very good. And before we get into the uh, episode, these questions and answers, if, if, if you'd like to, we'd appreciate a nice review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star one, in uh, fact. You know, but only if you actually enjoyed it. Don't I don't want you to lie and say you really loved no, it or you hated it. You know, just, just be honest. Just what, what does your heart tell you? What's your heart telling you? Um, so we appreciate that. Uh, and also check out our website, agdwpodcast.com. All of our links are on there. Our um, Instagram link is on there. Our Facebook link. YouTube. Our YouTube. That's where you can donate as well. We have extras page, all our whiskey reviews and pictures. Some people say it is the best website in the whole world. I think I've only heard you say that. So I'll have to take your word for it. Yes. I haven't met these people that say in quote unquote. But in uh, fact, many people but I, I'm happy to hear that, even if it is a lie. Exactly. So yeah, check that out. That's agdwpodcast.com. And our Instagram is at americans.in.germany.podcast. Love it. Yes. Now, without further ado. Yes, let's dive into these questions. Alex, what do we got in numero uno? Okay. So this first question, we have no name for it, but that's okay. This is from somebody. And it says, Jeff, when you talked about your paper towel and toilet paper, would anyone call it scheisspapier or is that just me? <laughs> uh, some people do call it that, but not very often. You said the American packages are so much larger. Do you think that's because more Americans drive to the store and therefore have more room in their cars versus Germans who have to carry everything home uh, that they buy? Or that we generally have bigger homes and space to store these sofa-sized packaging? Very interesting question. Interesting question. Let's, let's address the scheisspapier first. Like, I asked my girlfriend, she says in her entire life, she's never heard anyone call toilet paper scheisspapier, which is uh, shit paper. Shit paper. Yeah. I asked our buddy Misha, and he's like, he just kind of laughed and was like, yeah, but no. <laughs> so, like, it has happened, but it, it is not a common slang for no, toilet paper. Like, uh, actually, it's... um. 
clo clo papier clo papier is the is the word for and that actually took me a while because uh, my girlfriend would like label our sponges so they'd be like like the bod bod sponge like it had bod on it for bathroom right. and those ones had clo and i was like what the frick is that clo it's it's to- toilet thing. yeah it's toilet like one yeah. one just for the full bathroom ah uh, the clothes but the you toilet. don't want to use the toilet sponge on the you know oh, the, see, i thought clo just meant bathroom clo means actual toilet i guess so oh, i, I, I didn't could be that. wrong but but we have two I separate ones so we have a bod and we have a clo one so i'm guessing they must be separate so uh, interesting that must be at first specifically to the Toiletta. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's obviously uh, speaking of a thing. But in terms, it's an interesting question because he or she mentions that do we think it's bigger because Germans have to you know carry their stuff home? But you have to remember too, there are neighbors uh, of, of villages and towns in Germany too where people drive to the grocery store and drive back as well. So not everyone is carrying things home. Yeah, here in Berlin, maybe in Hamburg, in big cities, people are walking. But in a lot of Germany which a lot of Germany is rural with small villages. They they have houses, they have cars, you know, they have garages. Yeah, but I think for the cities, I, I think the reason that the packaging and quantities are smaller is because A, apartments in, in Germany are half the size of your standard. For sure. They do not have no built-in closets. They do not have the storage that American houses or apartments have. And also, yeah, the average person in a city is physically carrying everything home right either by walking or on their bike and if, if you even look at um a lot of toilet paper and uh paper towel plastic packages they have a little plastic handle like so it's like they're actually True. They're, they're expecting you to carry it you know except with, with, for the six pack of beers right except for the six pack of beers <laughs> but but you will not find that handle on the american packages because they know you're not going to carry shit you're just going to carry it to, the, not, to you, the parking you're lot. You're not even bagging it yourself. You're going to put, put it in the back of your Escalade and then drive it home. You know, so. <laughs> yes, I don't know if it has to do with that, but I also just think um, just culturally, America has bigger things generally. Like, cars are bigger, houses are bigger, everything's bigger in the States. So I think it has a lot to do with that too, um, just a cultural difference of just size. Um, I don't know if companies are specifically thinking about us carrying things i'm assuming they are i i i think pretty much they are but like, i want uh, i want to go to a grocery store in a village and check out how big the things are there the it, it does change because like does my, my girlfriend's village you know not only do they live in a village and a farm but they um they have kind of like this camp for children so they often will have 10 20 people there so they're, they're buying everything in typical american bulk because a there are farms they have the storage for and because they're going to use more quantity but but in those rural areas they have stores that you don't have in berlin you know okay they, they have like the the, the the they have like the i forget what it's called but she says it's pretty much like a costco yeah um but it's something that you will not get in berlin in the center of berlin because a it wouldn't fit and b nobody in berlin can it can fit 20 no. rolls of toilet paper that's why it's so like do, do you think like the rava here and the rava where she lives or is from has similar size packaging but they also have the big costco whatever for the big purchases or do you think the rava over there also has like bigger packaging too that's what i'm wondering that that's an interesting question i that i don't know yeah um but, but i think that, that they are of course aware of their customers habits and that okay hey in berlin the average person is carrying whereas in the middle of bumfuck the person's putting it in their trunk True. so like i think they know that yeah and, and also to be fair uh in the states <laughs> every time i visit i find it crazy because i forgot how enormous refrigerators are in in the states? Yeah, like, that's that's also affects the packaging as well. For sure, because yeah. you can fit like I'm, I'm not going to talk about my refrigerator because I have an obnoxiously small one. But the, the average German size refrigerator you get is like it's fine, but it's you know it's the size of like a freezer drawer in the United States fridge. 
So I think if you, obviously if you have a bigger refrigerator and freezer, you can just buy in bulk more and buy bigger packaging. I think things are just generally bigger in the States. Um, yeah, and I think that's the reason why, like, in Germany, you go supermarket, like, the bottle, especially the liters of cola, liters of OJ, whatever, like, they are designed to fit in German fridges. You right. Know? That's why you never see a huge, fatty two-liter two bottle. Liter. No, you don't see that. Which is, like, the standard in the U.S., and why you wouldn't see this, like huge gallon of milk that's super tall and super wide because it would just take up too much space. True, so and, and the milk here a lot of times is in a super square tiny. packaging, yeah, so you can stack it easy. Yeah, like a narrow square, and the, the like. usually the most you can get is like one liter, you know, on average, so... But, I mean, you can buy like three of the one liters, but like they keep everything small, so that way you can, yeah, you can do some nice Tetris moves in there. Oh, you, if, if you're not good at... Uh, before you move to Germany, some good advice to you is to play some Tetris, learn Tetris, because you need to know that when you store shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that, that's a fun question. I like that one. Yeah, that, that, that was good because, um, yeah, but it is something I know when I first moved here and I started noticing the toilet paper roll packages had like the little plastic handle and I was like, I was like, oh, okay. So they do know you're going to be carrying this home, you know, most likely. And I was like, oh, that actually really helps. Cause I was like trying to Super like, nice. kind of put it in the crook of my arm, you know, like hold it in there. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good question. Yeah. yeah it's stuff. Fun. It's daily life for us, but I guess if you don't live here, it's something to think about. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, next one. Next. And this is from the Andere Mouse. Which means the other mouse. Yes. How easy was it to obtain permanent residency? The, the word permanent residency. Now, for all of you, the, the, you know, there's there's normal visas that last a year or two years, three years. Permanent residency, residency is just a visa that basically says, you live in Germany. You don't have to renew this. You're here to stay. It, it's not citizenship. It's just um, it's just the ultimate residency visa and that you'd want uh, here's a fun word for you people who want to learn german permanent residency the card and the whole visa is called auf deutsch hold on niederlass oh fuck niederlassungs something loudness shit i forgot niederlassungs aufenthalts erlaubnis yeah there you go yeah. there it is okay there it is so anyway so the question was how how easy was it to obtain permanent residency question yeah. mark do you have to take an official German test? Now, I'm not sure if she's referring to the language or uh, a test about the German history. Right, uh, because I remember when I was trying to get mine, people were saying, like, you have to get this. You have to take uh, a German integration class. That's not true. And then when you go in, they're going to quiz you. And, like, that's just absolutely not true. Mm. Um, having a German test of your language, at least, I think, A2 or B1, I think B1, is pretty important be too better it's it's not like things like if you go if you go to their website they'll list the required documents you need for your permanent residency one of them is like a b2 or b1 or b i forget what it is b1 b2 certificate right yeah i have not i don't have that never have and i've been offered permanent residency a million like they offer it to me you know what i mean all they go off of is they're like oh you're, you're even the first time they offered to me i was like oh but i don't have the b1 certificate they're like Eh, no worries. You're talking. I can. You're talking to me in German right now. You, that's good enough. Like, yeah. so which is a shame because a lot of people they waste the time and money to get the certificate, and it's not even required. They do not ask for it. as long as you're talking in German and the test. I mean, they don't- it, it could also depend on what person you get that day. I mean, they, I had yeah. one with me, but like, they didn't ask for it. I gave it to them. I gave them all my documents, but yeah. like, it wasn't a specific thing. Actually, wait, really quick. Just so you, Alex is the most recent one to get the permanent residency. Just, just, right. just go through the motions. What, what happened that day? People now feel better. They know what happens in a permanent sure. residency. Um, is it easy to obtain? I'm gonna say, um, yeah, it's it's pretty fairly easy. All it involves is you having been in Germany for five years. If, if you're American, it's yeah. five years. As long as you've been here five years, you've paid your taxes during that time. 
it's like the yeah. But anyways, but it, it's very easy. But yeah, just go through what happened that day. Yeah. And then so for me, if you if you have a contract job, which most people will, um, unless you're a freelancer, but I think most people have a forty hour. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Actually, some people are freelancing it. Some people freelancing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at least with that, uh, and you're working for five years, uh, paying taxes for five years, and you go in for your next visa, they're gonna offer it for you anyways. For example, for me, I knew my visa was running up. And um, I went to their website. The complicated part is figuring out where on the website you can find uh, your appointment and your uh, requirements Mm -hmm. because there's so many different um, sections for different countries. So finding the American one was a bit difficult. I think it's E2, but don't quote me on that. And once you find that, it kind of just tells you everything you need. It gives you a list so you know know what's required of you. Exactly. It gives you a whole list of what you need. I took that list. I got all my documents. And then also a complicated part was I was doing this, what was this, two years ago, a year and a half ago? Either way, the outside of the, outside of it at the time was like super full. Because of Corona. It, it was Corona, right? Yeah, 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 it was in Corona times, yes. So, every, so everything was, was very slow. It was incredibly full, incredibly slow. So I took all my documents. I just sent them in with like via post. Yeah. And just waiting to hear back and I heard nothing. And then I found a contact us form. I attached it there, heard back nothing. And then I found an email address. Uh, that I found from some Facebook group, and then they emailed me back. So I don't know if they emailed me from the five other ways sent it in, but that was the complicated part is figuring out how to get my documents to them. So I just yeah. literally took every route and just sent it everywhere. But everyone until know, I heard back. This is not normal. Like, and normally you don't mail anything in. You just bring the documents in with you to the appointment. Like, uh, well, to get an appointment, I had to have my documents. Oh, weird. When I did it, you didn't have to, you just had to, you make an appointment and then you just bring the documents with you to the appointment and they just look at it while, while you're there. It could have been because at the time they weren't taking appointments yeah, anymore. Yeah, so, so this is all Corona stuff. Without Corona, things will be more normal. You don't, you don't, yeah. have, to go through, don't have to jump through all these hoops to, yeah. But yeah, pretty much they have a list of things you need. You, 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 you look at that list, you get what you have. And then worst case scenario, when you go in, they'll say, Hey, you're missing this paper. Here's a three-year visa instead. Come back in three years for your permanent one, and then you go back. Yeah, or they'll be like, come back in three months, and to, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's the thing is that there, there's this like myth that there's an actual test. There isn't like wait, it, you show up to this appointment, you literally you, you you wait for your number to be called. You when your number's called, you go in. You just hand the person the documents. She ruffles. She goes through them really quick. If you're missing something, she'll she'll ask or she'll be like, oh, where's your whatever, and oh, it's there. And then they literally just go, okay, go in the waiting room again. And you go in the waiting room and they go through all your documents. And then 20 minutes later, they call back and they even give you, they give you yes or no. So there, there isn't, there is no sit down where they're asking you the history of Germany or checking your yeah, no. German fluency. It's really just, if you have the right documents, you're fine. Like, yeah. Like when I went in, because they already had my documents, I went in, got my number called. I walked into the, to the, to the room and she's like, Herr Bloom. I was like, yeah, hello. And she already had my documents. So she's like, just read off what the permanent residency means and he's like do you understand and i was like yes did you I, no <laughs> so i asked her real quick i was like just to be clear i can be here forever right no more coming back to this place she's like exactly it's like all right we're good baby that's all, all i need to know all gravy baby uh you still have to get your card renewed every 10 years but not at the outside of the building you can get that done at the booger yeah just um, to to refresh your picture and stuff because of course you know exactly yeah shit happens uh but that's it so uh yeah it's it's not it's not it's not Difficult or complicated. It's not difficult. It can be a bit complicated with some of the online stuff, but like you can figure it out and there's a lot of um, resources out there to help you, but it's really not that stressful as people make it out to be. As long as you have all the documents, you've been here for over five years, 
You're good. Yeah, and, and as I think as he mentioned before, honestly, half the time they offer it to you. So it's it's not like this like you know thing out of reach or whatever. Like I like I remember it was like it was like the second or third time I went into re, just renew my normal freelance visa, and they were like, oh hey, you just want the permanent residency? You know, it was like it was as simple as that. So yeah, yeah it, I, there's there's no crazy there's no crazy test or any. Like, yeah, no, it's, I, it's pretty I think simple. There's this myth that the Ausländerbehörde. Oh, now it's called the Landesamt für Einwanderung. I think there's this myth that people feel like they don't want you to get your visa, but like if you're paying taxes and you're a worker and you're and you're bringing something to the country, they want you to stay there. You're doing good stuff for the country, so like all good. Just, just bring the right documents. You will you most of the time be golden. Yeah, exactly. It, there 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 are a few resources you can check out if you want some more. Just send us a private message and uh, I'll send you a few resources that were helpful for me in terms of like navigating through the corona stuff and finding the right website whatever yeah but a lot of the documents are just basic it's like bring us a copy of your uh, rental contract so you can prove you know you have an apartment and what it costs your, your and, last six pay stubs yeah bring it on meldung which is proves that the address where you live at yeah which is a standard document you're going to have anyways photo your passport yeah it's it's more complicated for freelance because uh, you don't have pay stubs so you have to like go to a tax guy and get him to prove your income and kind of it, it gets a little bit more oh, yeah. complicated that way but yeah. that is something you do need all the when you get your pay slips from work if you're working here um save everything because there is this paper in there that has to do with your taxes and i needed that too and i had no idea what it was so i had to really look back and luckily i did have it mm. but i wasn't even sure if that was the right one i'm still not sure if that's the right paper but clearly i took it so yeah i think rule of thumb in germany any official documents you receive, just like really have a nice organized folder, keep it because sometimes it's like years later you're asked for this document and you're like, oh, I'm sure I received something about an, uh, you know, a Steuernummer or, you know, but, but you, oh, I threw that away. No, it's like just, I would just say keep everything that looks at same exactly. official. Yeah. Good. That, that, that's good advice. But let's go to another question, Jeff. Let's do that. And this one is why is Radler so awesome and basically unheard of in the USA? Okay. Well, first of all, for some people who don't know, what is Radler? A Radler is a mixture of beer and usually like a Sprite or a 7-Up or something like that. Yeah, well, it's, it's usually like a, like a like a lemon soda, lemonade type. Or uh, lemonade, yeah. yeah. type of deal. And they, they are pretty good in the summer. I think they're also actually, called a shandy, I believe. In, in the, the States, States, they're a shandy. So they do exist in the States. I, I know uh, in Rhode Island, we had a few shandies that we drink sometimes in the summer. But here, I, I'm pretty sure they were invented, which is hilarious because it's so super German, for bike riders who were thirsty that's what's called rad because rad means bike yeah and, and you're getting half the amount of alcohol because if, if you were to just drink a beer every time you got thirsty on a hot day you'd be passing out at some point right so right? it's like you're riding your bike you know cross country instead of drinking water like fuck that have a have a little bit of beer at least <laughs> and get get a little electrolytes from your sprite mixed in whatever it is right so but it is pretty good it's very refreshing so his question is why is it so awesome i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's awesome uh, i, I I'd say in a throughout a year, and you know we drink our fair share of beer. I maybe have like two Rodlers an entire year. So, but I will I will confess that the times when I do have it, it is like the perfect drink for that moment. That's, like, it, that's what yeah. I want to say. Like I don't I, drink. I don't Radler. have it often though. I want to say something. I, I really probably the same as you. I don't drink it super often, but every time someone has one, they're like, "You want a Radler?" And I'm like, "Nah." And then, and then like I'll have regular beer. And then later on, I'm like, yeah. Or you and take I, a sip of theirs and you're and like, it's like, oh, that's, that's super nice. It's really on a very hot summer day. 
it can be extremely refreshing. It you is. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you got that little bit of that sweetness because it's a soda mixed with the um, with the beer. And it's, of course, lighter than a normal beer because it's like half beer. Right. It, it can be super refreshing. Um, but I just don't order it that much because I, I remember when I first moved here, it was very much like the feeling around that like Rodlers were for you know, weak people who can't handle a, a, you know, proper beer or whatever, you know, like, so like I you kind of stayed away from them, but yeah, I, th- I think they're great. Um, but I don't drink them that often either, but I, I want to drink more of them. Actually this summer I wanted to make myself drink more of them. I just, I just didn't. And, and to ask your question, answer your question, why are they unheard of in the, in the U S you got to ask the U S government about that. Cause I don't know. <laughs> Hit up Biden. Hey Biden, what's up? Where, where, the, where the Rattler at? I mean, there are shandies and they're pretty good, a bit different, but they're, Pretty much very similar, right? I heard in the U.S., according to my mom and my sister, what's getting really big these days in the past couple of years are these... Um, seltzers. Yeah, the, yeah, these fizzy alcoholic seltzers that are like flavored cranberry. Yeah, I've, I've heard about they're, these. They're pretty big. White Claw, right? I think they're called White Claw. Yeah, and I've tried to get them here. There's some, there's, there's some that I thought were the same, but are awful. They're, they're not quite the same. Like It's a, funny because I heard about them a lot in the States. And um, the other day when I was going to work... And I got off the U-Bahn. I saw an advertisement for like seltzer, alcoholic seltzer. I was like, oh, it's coming to Germany now. But also what you can get here, which is funny, uh, at like every grocery store, almost every spade, you can get like Jack and Coke in a can. You can get um, uh, gin and tonic in a can. Yeah, pre-made cocktails. Pre-made in a, cocktails in, in, in or, a or can. pre-made long drinks in a can. Yeah, and I mean, it, it is the official... Jack, you see the Jack, it's like and Jack Daniels. Jack, it's, a, it's a black can, Jack Daniels and Coke pre-mixed. And, so and like, they cost like, like two euro, something like that's ridiculously cheap. Well, I guess if they, you're into that, I guess the figure people are just like, this is like the standard mix. Let's just pre-sell it that way. It's a brilliant idea, yeah. especially the, the the gin and tonic. I think that one's awesome. I, f- I forget who makes it. It's a, uh, it's not Bombay. It's, I can't remember who makes it. But it's actually pretty decent. Yeah, and actually when we were in Majorca, uh, my girlfriend wasn't in a beer mood, and she's like, she's like, I'd love a cocktail. Oh, but, yeah, but, but we were on the beach, so like, how do I get a cocktail here? But we went to the convenience store. And they yeah they had pre made cocktails in in, um, in had, sealed they bottles. A, they had mojitos. Mojito, yeah. They had uh, pina coladas, like pre made cocktails in a bottle. So and cool. They, they were pretty good actually. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Europe's pretty creative in their alcoholic beverages that you can get over the counter. Yeah, they do not want you to be on the go without that drink that you <laughs> love so much. Please drink irresponsibly. <laughs> yes, but seriously, drink responsibly. Uh, next question, Jeff. Uh, this is from Daria. Daria? Daria. Daria. Uh, what kind of things do Germans assume about you? Uh, that's a good question. Okay. What kind of things do Germans assume about you when they learn that you are American? In in, in quotes, this is from her. Uh, when I moved to the U.S., a lot of people assumed that I love sausages just because I'm German. Fair enough. Um, I mean, a lot of people assume that I don't know anything about geography, and unfortunately, they're correct. Yeah, yeah they, they find they find unintelligent. For, for, uh, for me, I'm really good in geography. So I've had actually had a few times where I pulled out my geography skills and the people go like, oh, you're pretty smart for an American. And it's kind of insulting. Uh, yeah, actually, for an American. Yeah, there was this like Portuguese girl I dated a few years ago. And I, actually, this is, I think, actually how I got her attention because I knew geography. <laughs> like we were, we were at a barbecue and just sitting around drinking beers and somebody mentioned that like they were in... Um, in Lyon, which is in France, mm-hmm. or maybe somebody don't know that, was in Lyon. I didn't know that. And then I was like, I was like, oh yeah, south of France, right? And this Portuguese girl looked at me and she's like, 
She's like, oh, you're literally her words. Oh, you're pretty smart for an American. And, and like suddenly I got her attention. She's nice. like, oh, you know where things are. And so, so yeah, that's what Germans assume about you that like, you just, you don't know much about the world and that, which is again, bullshit. Cause I know shit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know shit. So like for me, that was pretty oh, accurate. You're, the, you're like, the one giving Americans a bad name. I mean, yeah, I think I was, I, I know more now I've gotten better. It's been here for eight years almost, you know? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, that I, I think, you lot? know, I think, you know, a lot more than you think you do. I mean, probably at this point, but when I first moved here, I didn't know anything like really, really but bad. The difference is like you had never traveled like in your life. Whereas I'd been to Europe like a few times in long backpacking right. trips and stuff. But still the Americans school system failed me in terms of geometry <laughs> <laughs> or geography, not geometry. Also geometry. I'm terrible at that too. Math generally. Um, but that that's besides the, the point. That's not what we're talking about. Um, uh, what else do they assume? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think just, yeah, lower intelligence. And also that they assume you, you like Trump, you know, that they, they, they assume like... Yeah, you, you 2016, like 2016 yeah. was an annoying time just because anytime you met anybody and you're like, you're like oh, where are you from? Like, I'm from America. Like, oh, so what do you think about Trump? And so I'm like, can we not talk about this? I, I know it's big in the news, but... Um, you know, I'm pretty ashamed of it. I don't feel like talking about this all the time anymore. It, it was, yeah. it, of course, he was everywhere as well. So it, I was just it, so it sick is, of him. It is the first question people ask you. And honestly, in the early 2000s, during the Bush era and the invasion of Iraq, yeah. everywhere I went, people were asking me like, dude, why'd you invade Iraq? You know, and as, oh, I don't know, felt as, like it. As if, first of all, assuming that you, you agree with every government policy and that you were into the invasion and that you voted for Bush and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's bizarre. Um, so I had a, so many conversations where people just assumed, because they literally just start with like, hey, wh- wh- why'd you invade Iraq? And or, or are, you, are you happy with what happened in Iraq and all this kind of stuff? Yeah. Like, no. I, I mean, <laughs> so I, I don't like these kind of political assumptions that you yeah, get as no, well. Yeah, no, me either. I, yeah, I've also gone a few times because now my German, like it's, you know, I can speak German. That when people hear me speak German after only knowing me, just meeting me in English, they're surprised that I can speak German. Like, right. oh, you're American, you can speak another language. So that one, I, I've heard that a few times as well, um, which I guess isn't super unwarranted because we're not great at second languages in the States, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Americans are not. I, mean, I think that's kind of a fair one because Americans are not known for knowing second languages. So they, right. they are pretty impressed. Yeah, I've had that a few times. Yeah, where you checking or something in in german and like and they, they can tell from the accent that you're not german so but they're just like and, and plus you give them your id you know and they, right. know, they know you're a foreigner but they're like oh okay he learned some german that's that, that's that one nice. kind of makes me feel good to be honest yeah. like hey good for you i'm like hey thanks it is good for me i was hard work on this language yeah um but yeah besides that i really most people i don't feel like i've had a lot of assumptions about me to be uh, one correct assumption they, they assume that you're very loud and that's correct because we are very loud well, they don't really assume they just see that from when i talked open my mouth the first time actually okay sorry I, i'll actually flip it because we're so loud they assume we're americans and they're correct right yes like because americans are known for being loud and i, I i've i didn't become aware of this problem until i moved to germany and, and direct germans just told me hey you're very loud and uh, then i learned to kind of like like rain Tone it, it in and oh, it, sure. but even now it'll usually be about like halfway through a conversation and i'll i'll catch myself now ramp no, up yeah no nobody else to tell me like it'll be i'll just be like oh crap you're 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 at that american level bring it down bring it uh, down yeah. I've, I've been there a million times i've definitely learned how to how to calm my voice a bit more and like and have more of the self-awareness of alex you are going back to the old style calm yourself down a bit <laughs> ross it down lower the volume and uh continue on i said a few uh, germans assume i was a cowboy and i liked riding horses because that's american that's awesome but, i wish people assumed that about me 
but I think they look at me as like, there's no way you're well, <laughs> Dude, look at me. It, was, it wasn't because of how I am. It's, <laughs> it, it, it was literally just because I was American and they'd never been to the States and all they saw was movies. So they just assumed I, don't know, I was man. a cowboy. I, I could totally see you as a cowboy. Why? I dress, I dress as the same as you, like know. t-shirts and j- Got a cowboy jeans. look about you. Okay. Mm, say howdy. Mm, moving on. Uh, <laughs> next question. Um, what is it like for you coming back to the U.S. for a visit? Does it still feel like coming home or does part of you feel like a foreigner? I love this question. We've talked about this before. Yeah, we actually, have, we should, we never do this. We never plan. We should have no. looked up what ne- what number episode that was so we could tell yeah, people. But we, we have say, an episode about this. I'd say it's between, it's around, go to episode 10 <laughs> plus, plus or minus five episodes. We actually did an entire episode that was, I think it was called Reverse Culture Shock. Where yes, it was going yes. back. So if you want like the full dive, we'll just do a very short version now because we've already kind of covered it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say generally uh, both. I do feel like I'm coming home because right when I step into, right when I drive into the neighborhood of you know, my childhood home, um, you just get this, I don't know this fuzzy feeling inside of me, you know. Mm. And I walk like walk into my old bedroom and like it's nice and it's my parents and I wake up to breakfast, my mom with the bagels and um, yeah. But also a part of me does feel like a foreigner now because I'm just so used to my ways here and because I moved here right when I kind of became an adult right after university. Mm. Excuse me. Now when I go back to the states, it does feel like a foreign country sometimes because I don't know a lot of the like the smaller intricacies of the or the nuance of the pop culture and things going on or right the now trivia like like i mean we we both uh, i'd say really keep uh, abreast of like uh, uh, like american news like i know both you and me like are really into american politics and we, right. we both so like we're very aware of the the big news but yeah like the daily kind of like trivia and like there's like a lot of shows and stuff people will be talking about that I've never right. heard of. Exactly. Like, I'm like, what are you, t- uh, sorry. So like a lot of things like that. And then also just like, I'm so used to, you know, how we go to dinner here, how we go to bars here, how we go to parks here, like how to behave yourself. It's just different here than it is in the States, at least where I'm from. Yeah. Like every time I go to the restaurant now in the States, I don't, I don't enjoy myself as much anymore because I feel so rushed and like, <laughs> and the waiter's coming over all the time. Like, yeah. um, so I, yeah, I do feel like a bit of a foreigner, but I also feel like I'm home as well. It's this weird thing that I feel like if you don't move away, it's hard to explain that feeling. Yeah. But I it's definitely both. Completely agree. It's, it's yeah. both. I mean, you said it all like it's, 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 it's absolutely both. Um, yeah. Just being away so long. There's just certain things like suddenly you go back and, uh, all your transportation is by car, which is weird right. because in Germany, I mean, we go in a car once in a blue moon, you know, so like, <laughs> and even having to drive a car suddenly feels weird because it's been a year or two or three years since I've done exactly. last. That is like basic things that are normal in the U.S. Uh, are really foreign to me. And even, uh, again, I trip up on the language. I'll see the... Oh, the, all the, the word time. die on a poster and i think it's d, d. like the you know like and like, i'll, I'll, I'll pr- pronounce basic english words incorrect because i'm i'm still doing like uh the w's as v's for german you know like mm-hmm. and people are like why can't you say like, basic words what the- i think what we don't realize is here uh we speak a lot of like danglish like german tons english of danglish tons of danglish. It's like you don't know word we just say it in german you don't know where you say in english you kind of just like go flipping between the two languages easily all the time actually and, or, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And you don't realize how bizarre it is until you go to the States, you're just having, you're just talking, and someone's like, what? I'm like, what, what? Like, what was that word you just said? Like, oh, sh- true. Uh, what's that word in English? Because when you speak two languages, like, 
there's always a certain version of a word that you pick as your favorite. Like, yeah, true. Like, like I hate the word basement, so I always say Keller. Even yeah. though even being English, I say Keller. And there's certain German words that I prefer over the English versions, and so I never say the English versions anymore. Yep. And even, like, I was going to, sorry, when I interrupted you, was uh, downstairs we were pre- preparing to take a, a shoot of a whiskey bottle, and I picked up the garlic, and I just for life of me, I, I said, dude, what is the word for this in English? Like, it's Knoblauch in German, but what? Like, I've forgotten the English word. And I English said to you, I was like, Knoblauch. Yeah, you, you said the German, like, no, no, what's, what's the English word? <laughs> yeah. It took me a few seconds. I always say Knoblauch as well. I don't say garlic. I always say Knoblauch for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, and also, when I go back to the States, I see like my town has changed a bit, you know, a new store there, restaurant changed there. So it also kind of, kind of keeps things it's fresh It's kind of as the well. feeling of coming back from college where you're like, oh, the world went on without, without me, you know, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, or it kind of feels like when, when you're in a familiar place in a dream, right. but everything's still not right. You know what I mean? Plus your connection is gone. Like my mom mm. uh, has a few years ago moved away from my childhood city. So I, I don't go back there anymore. But up until a couple of years ago, I was the same as you. I'd go back to the city. I, I lived as a child in my childhood home and everything. And yeah, you'd get that feeling of like, oh yeah, this is my childhood city, but it was also not, you know, you looked around, yeah, things were different. And it's like, this is the place I grew up, but my connection to it is completely gone, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. You don't really, you don't really know the feeling to, but until you've had it happen to yourself. But yeah, if you want more information, go to that one episode. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's hard to talk about because it's really hard to explain that feeling. Yeah. Uh, next question is from Josh. He's a longtime friend of the uh, friend of the show. Absolutely. Uh, he asks, "Do you know exactly what a blanked account is?" A blanked, a blanked account. Uh, I really blanked that word. Um, <laughs> do you do you know exactly what a blocked account is? Also, since you guys didn't have to do a blocked bank account when you came to Germany to do language courses. What did you do and how did you bypass the blocked bank account? Okay, so uh, I'll just go through that really quick. So, because I don't know. What's he, what he's referring to is so back when me and Alex first moved here ages ago, and as is now, when you move to a place to get a, any kind of a visa or whatever, and it's not a work permit, they want proof that you have money to sustain, sustain yourself. So, so, they, so they know, okay, oh, he's getting a, a visa to go to school. We want to know he's got money so he's not going to work illegally or whatever, you know. So you have to prove how much money you have. Back in the day, you could do that by just showing a printout of your German, it had to be a German bank account, but you could just, you know, you just go online to your Deutsche Bank account and you print it out and you, sh- and you show how much money you have. Mm. But back then it was weird because they didn't really state how much money was enough. So everyone was always guessing. I think I showed 8,000 euro or something and they, that was fine, but they didn't really have a, a strict number. Nowadays, apparently they've changed the rules where you can't just show the money in a normal account because that you could just Photoshop and fake it. They have these special called blocked accounts that are specifically for this, that you put the money in and then you don't have access to this money. You can't like use the money. The money's like locked in there. What a waste of money. For Yeah, but again, I don't know all the rules about it, but it's a special bank account just for these purposes. And you have to get, get them in specific places and it's annoying to get and stuff. So, so anyways, how did we skip that? Well, Back when we uh, moved to Germany, they, they didn't exist. We didn't have to use them. Now you do. So yeah, I, feel, I feel bad for you guys because it's like an extra step. And yeah. I'm wondering too because I got my visa a month. No, wait. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, they never asked me. It wasn't it, a thing. The reason could be because you were getting a straight work permit 
that you're in which you're going to be making money. I think it's right, for, maybe that's I it. think it's for freelancers because you're not guaranteed to have work. And I think I got I think, my my visa based on my job, knowing yeah. I'm going to be making money. So and they know how much my, money. You're gonna, yeah, exactly. Right. So I think it's freelancers and people going to school mostly who have to show or it for language visa, visas. Yeah. yeah. And I think nowadays you have to prove at least 800 euro per month for the time you're going to live. I, again, I don't know. Look it up. But it's it, the, the the thing is we skipped it because it didn't exist back when we moved here. That's the that's yeah. the the jam. And then he also asked about U.S. state driver's licenses being granted um for germany so um yeah there are some states that will give you a 100 reciprocity from your current driver's license yeah i think it's like 15 states i'll do that no uh 35 35 that will do yeah, it yeah. there's no like five or ten that'll give you like half reciprocity we have to do something else in germany and the rest you have to do a whole driver's you have to do the whole nine yards yeah yeah which in germany is like they take driving, yeah, very seriously. It costs like three thousand euro. You have uh, to go to two thousand euro more. Costs, yeah. Well, it depends on what driving classes you're yeah. doing. But yeah, around two thousand can be three thousand. Let's say, yeah. uh, do like driving school classes. Um, it, there's a lot of work to get a license here. So um, I can tell you this much: Rhode Island and California are not the two states where you have reciprocity. No, for us, the thing is, if you don't have reciprocity, having a driver's license from that state as is is the same as not having a driver's license basically right. like th they really want you to start over as if you're 16 again and uh yeah and it sucks and it's i don't know why it's because i don't know our states whatever did not make an agreement with germany for whatever reason these other states did i mean i can tell you rhode island is terrible drivers maybe they're like yeah we don't we don't, we don't want y'all over here <laughs> yeah i don't get it but, but the states that have reciprocity literally you can hand in your I can't, let's, let's say it's New Mexico. You can hand it in a New Mexican license to Germany and they will hand you back a German driver's license. Like It's like very simple, but. Yeah. Um, one more question, maybe? Let's do, we have, let's do two more quick ones. Okay, okay. So one was, how does German TV cover the Olympics? Do you see a variety of sports? Was a focus on a few? And they show, and do they show mostly German competitors? Um, and, and, and the, the, the Olympics ended a few days ago, so by the time you listen to this, the Olympics will be over by like two weeks, I think. True, but they the most TV, the free TV will show mostly Germans, but in a huge variety of sports. But all of the TV, a lot of the like the free TVs, like uh, like um, ProTV and CDF, all these things, have their online like their websites, and then there you can watch a a wide range of different sports from different countries for free. So yeah. that's pretty cool. I think on the live channels, it'll be, but it's, mostly it's, it's, it's every country's like that. If you go to the U S of course, why would they focus on Croatian sport? You know, they, right. they're, they're going to focus on the U S I, I know like, this year in the U S NBC made you pay extra money to watch more sports where here they show a lot of it for free on the websites, which is really no, but nice. we pay for it because we have to pay the fucking tax, the TV month. tax, so right? We, so we pay 18 euro a month for times 12. So we pay a lot for to watch these extra sports. Well, so. I guess yeah, with the, yeah. With, the, with, the, with the free TV, with yeah, the it's not free, free yeah. quote unquote TV. Uh, this is a fun question, which is what's your process for taking the photos of the whiskey bottles that you post Instagram? Okay. So uh, first I'll give a qu the quick history. So when we started an Instagram po uh, page, we're like, Okay, what kind of content we could put up? Hey, well, we could take a picture of each whiskey bottle we use. And so, and that was back when we actually did the podcast recordings from Alex's house. Right. And, and, and each picture was basically just a basic, like with the same background, like right. it was just to show you what the bottle looked like generally. We didn't put any really effort into, I mean, we wanted to look good, but we didn't put yeah. any extra effort into the, the, the like they, they were basically framed the same, the backgrounds are the same, right? right? I mean, yeah. Lighting was the same, everything was the same, just yeah. to make it consistent. And then we started uh, taping, taping. We started <laughs> recording here at Jeff's place. And I think I did a few with the same background of what's behind us right now of this world map, I think like one or two. 
And then we decided let's let's shake it up a bit. Yeah, I don't know if it was a constant. I, I think after this, let's let's take a look at the pictures. But I think what happened was, can't remember if it was the Christmas one or something where it was just like randomly we were just like, oh, dude, the bottle here would look great with a tree in the background, blah blah. And we did we like did a special one just once because like we just you you, you saw like a a cool setup, and I think then we're like the next so the next episode. Hey, let's do another cool setup, and then yeah. and then suddenly we like put this like requirement on ourselves that the, each bottle has to have a new <laughs> backdrop, a new setup. Yeah, and, and this we run to the problem. So I I take all the photos. Um, I am the photographer, and Jeff helps me set them up, and he also does a lot of the lighting mm. and like build some things. Like some of the bottles we have are, are floating in the air, and Jeff really helps with these. You'd like rig it, rig them up and stuff. Yeah, yeah and Jeff has a lot of uh, um, has a lot of equipment for like good lighting and things like that too. Um, but this is where the challenge comes in where we've taken all at Jeff's apartment, all at your apartment, and we're really run, running out of spots and ideas now. Yeah, um, yeah and, and to be fair, my downstairs, like a lot of the walls are white. So like, yeah. like I don't have like a huge range of backgrounds. But no. I, I mean, to be honest, we, we've squeezed a lot of backgrounds out of we've a very really, small orange, like, like you know. For, for example, for the whiskey, uh, for, the, for this episode that we're recording right now that you're yeah. listening to currently person uh with the glenfiddich i we just finished eating our our fried chicken which we always have on wednesdays before we record i was like all right jeff what are we doing for the photo this time and jeff just goes inside to grab the bottle and then he's like what about the fruit bowl i'll throw fruit on top of it i thought that sounds stupid and then we put it on like hey this looks good let's move into light and we took the photo and it worked out kind of nice i like it yeah and that all just came from i just looked around my room okay We've taken a picture there. We've taken a picture here. And then I have this kind of cool looking like a Moroccan fruit bowl. And I was like, okay, we have not shot with that as a backdrop. Let's just do that. Yeah. And, but but there, like before when we had options, we actually tried to have the background match the theme with the... So like when we had like right. the Italian whiskey, which is this very interesting, fancy Italian bottle like that was yellow. We put like yellow roses around it to make it like kind of fancy, like you'd imagine Italian. And then for right, like, I edited, I edited it like really warm colors to make it like feel kind of like Mediterranean. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then when we had this one whiskey, it was Irish whiskey called Writer's Tears. And then I was like, dude, let's put a bunch of open books behind right. it, like Writer's Tears, Writer's Books, and it, and it matched. You know, we had one to Flaming Pig, and Jeff happened to burn a piece of wood a while ago in a, in a nice circle. Oh, right. So we put the flaming pit on the burnt piece of wood for like flaming. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. So it's so like when we can, we try to have the background kind of match the theme or the general look of the bottle. But often we're just like out of ideas and, it, and it's just like, okay, pick a random, what do we have? You know, the, the, the owl whiskey we put in a tree because owls live in trees. Yeah. 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 So, so like we do, we do, we do try, but there's some days it's like, it's after work. We're tired. Like we don't have many options. So we're just like, yeah, fruit bowl. Cool. Although we just put it in a fruit bowl, you know? Yeah, exactly. But it's super fun taking them. So, all right, Jeff, we have two more questions left here. It's it's going to be a long episode, but should we just let's not just, be, let's, let's just push through, man. All right. I've got whiskey in my glass. I've got some whiskey. I ain't hurting. Let's do it. Um, would you, uh, oh, do you want to read it? Go ahead. Okay, I'll, I'll read this one. This is from who? Travis. Travis. Hey, Travis. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, the, uh, he's also a woodworker. I've had woodworking questions before. He did. He, like, I think he was one who asked last Q, or sorry, two Q&As ago. He asked, like, how do I carry the wood on my bike? Right. So I've had woodworking. Wood, uh, I've had woodworking questions before, and I don't think I've asked this. 
are you still an inches and feet man or have you switched <laughs> over to centimeters and meters? Uh, miles to kilometers and Fahrenheit to Celsius makes sense because you see that uh, all around you. You like in your daily life, I think he means. But if you learn to use tools and measures in the States, I wonder if that stuck with you in woodworking here. That's a really good question. Really good question. I like that one. That's, that's super interesting. That's a fun nuanced question. Yeah. And, and, um, so I, I was really into woodworking from an early age. My dad is uh, a carpenter, basically, um, uh, as a hobby, but like, you know, full on. Uh, it's a full on dad. Uh, full on uh, ha- carpenter hobby. So I grew up with this huge garage with every tool imaginable, um, you know, piles of, of wood to work with and that kind of stuff. So I learned a lot from him. And then as I got older, I was just always very much a fix it yourself kind of guy. Yeah. So yes, did, did a lot of woodworking in the States. But that doesn't really matter because, like, once you move to Germany, I mean, every ruler, every measuring tape is in centimeters. So, like, I'll be honest, like, I switched to centimeters very fast. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, because it's just, it. I mean, the the the, the measuring tapes in centimeters. So, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna convert it? No, it's like it's like if I <laughs> if I measure something and the board is eighty by forty centimeters, I'm not gonna go convert it. No, it's eighty by forty. It doesn't. It, it yeah. actually doesn't matter. Like it doesn't because it's it's all just an actual measurement from the tape or the ruler. True. And you just have to you just have to know it's twenty. It doesn't matter if it's twenty centimeter, twenty inches. It's just you know it's twenty and you know this is twenty five. Like that's it. so. It was a very easy switch. I think it was easy for the woodworking, but a harder more in life in terms of stories and stuff. It took some time. Like you know, I think for the first year I lived here, I was still going like. Oh man, and in a story, I'm telling a story, right? And like, oh, in the car, man, it stopped only like six feet away from me. And then maybe after a year, I switched. Oh, it stopped like two meters away from me. And right, then, right. And so I think switching in stories took a little bit longer than it did in my woodworking. But woodworking, it actually went pretty fast because I, you know, I had to go buy measuring tape and rulers, and they were all in centimeters. And also, um, everything you buy at a hardware store here isn't in centimeters. And, True. And, and, and if you're asking for something, if you're asking like the person who works there, you need something. You can't say it in inches or feet, so you have to say it in centimeters. Yeah, and all the wood here is in, you know, it's uh, it's not a two by four, you know, it's uh, it's whatever it is in centimeters, centimeters, yeah. you know. So like, it just from the get go, it's just you're forced to switch. So, um, I was that all he said? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so yeah, um, it 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 went pretty quick. I know it sounds weird, but it did. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. And uh, the last question um, says, and. Don't know who wrote this one either, to be fair, but that's all right. I know you've talked about kitchens in Berlin and how more often than not, apartments don't come with kitchens. Mm, yeah. What's the process of getting one? And what's the average price of getting everything? And do you have to install it all yourself? Coming from the US, that sounds really stressful and expensive. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I, f- God, when I first moved here and I found out the kitchens come literally bare with just like pipes sticking out of the walls. The kitchens and, come without and, kitchens. And also like the lights are all gone. It's just, just like wires hanging out of the ceiling. And yeah. the houses just come with nothing. Like everyone takes everything with them. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, and, it, and I still think it's very bizarre. It is bizarre. It, it doesn't quite make sense. But I mean, you're the best to answer this question because you just moved and had to install a kitchen into your house. Yes. Um, before moving and buying a place, uh, it's really easy to find a cheap kitchen. A lot of times on like eBay, Kleinenzeigen, you can buy, you can get a free kitchen. It's like a bunch of things and you just put it together yourself. It's not that difficult. Yeah, but the free ones are usually, I mean, they're not going to be, they're going to be oh, beat, no, they're, beat up and they're beat up. Crap. So if yeah. you're a student, those are fine. Um, but to get a kitchen, um, I mean, there's a lot of like Kuscheveld is one. Ikea makes good kitchens. And um, usually they'll have someone who, who will, like we got ours designed. 
the people actually came into our apartment without us even being there, measured everything, um, and said whether our design would work or not. Because mm -hmm. IKEA has a online tool where you can actually build your own kitchen in 3D. Yeah. So you make the size of your apartment, you actually put it in your own kitchen. It's really cool. And then they come over to see if that's even possible with, you know, if you want your oven there, they say, oh, we have to move it over here for whatever reasons. Right. Or you don't have that much room that you think you do. Or yeah. Right. So that was super helpful. And all, they also have a... Um, a montage service, a uh, installation service. Yeah. Who will come and do it for you for a for a fee? Um, so yeah, that's done. Uh, for example, for us, the IKEA people couldn't come, so we went on eBay and found a dude who installs only IKEA kitchens for his job, and he came over and did the whole thing. Like looked at what I wanted once, and it's like did the whole thing in, in a day and a half. Which is great because when I was there, it was a it was a mountain of boxes. It was like yeah. eighty big, small, medium boxes. Yeah, and like you know me, there's no way I'm doing that myself. So we had to get someone to do it for us. So that was not fi hard finding someone to do it. There's a million services that will do it for fairly inexpensive. And for an example, for them, like how much did this guy cost to install your whole kitchen? I, I can't remember the exact price, but it was like roughly it was like less than seven hundred or something like that. Okay, so not much. And, and how much did your kitchen in general cost? Which it, everybody I've seen it, it's a very nice. I mean, kitchen, a kitchen generally. I'm just like no, but more, your kitchen. Yeah, uh, I don't want to say exactly how much ours cost, but the it was a like for a decent sized kitchen. Uh, it's only like two like two to five thousand for like a whole kitchen. Talking about like oven, dishwasher, sink, stove, even a uh, an air thing, all the cabinets like. Maybe without a kitchen, or without not a kitchen, without a refrigerator. But like compared to the states, I find it very inexpensive. Well, um, I feel like if you went to IKEA, states, you can probably get the same as well. Like it's it's just like in the states, people are mostly getting custom made like cabinets True. and stuff. Um, and, and what you got to realize too is the custom made things. Everything in Germany is standardized, so every block of like kitchen, like every cabinet thing, like the floor cabinets, are sixty centimeters wide. Every dishwasher, sixty centimeters wide. Yeah, every but, oven and stove, sixty centimeters wide. But the only thing is like with with it getting the used kitchens, the problem that I've come into and a lot of other people come to is like. Those kitchens were designed for these so specific layouts of that kitchen. Right. So when you take that kitchen and try to put it in your kitchen, it almost never fits. <laughs> yeah. Especially the countertops. The countertops are are not standardized. They are built for that length. They're built that, for that length exactly. And so yeah, that's why this moving and taking kitchen makes no sense. Because if even if you take your kitchen with you, it's not going to fit in your new kitchen space. No. Because the, the new every kitchen has a different amount of space, a different, different, setup, different layout. Maybe your oven's over here and yeah, your kitchen's in a corner. So, so it, it, it does. Sinks in a corner. So so when you are getting the cheap or free stuff on eBay client Saigon or which is the Craigslist whatever right. you really still have to like pick and choose and find the things okay this this plus this is going to sort of fit where my things are and but that sort of thing 99% of 99% of apartments come with a sink and a stu and a stove and oven but remember, um, we found out that legally they do not have to. Legally do not have to, but 99% yeah. of them will. So all you need is like is a counter space yeah. but which they, but is they easy. are the worst Oh, they're the worst. Oven and sink you'll ever have. Absolutely like, worst. Like usually they're good if you're like 21 and you don't give a fuck. But when you're right. old, when you're older and you care, like they're they're just awful. So yeah, generally the process of getting a kitchen was 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 not super uh, difficult with IKEA at least. And finding someone to install it, we found them on a Saturday and it came on a Sunday actually, which in Germany is like I say it's pretty rare. rare. Yeah. Like I was just um, a baller. So I wouldn't stress about it. It's, it's not that bad. It's not super expensive and it's not that stressful. And I, and I have, I read an article that said actually in the past 10 years, the percentage of apartments that come with built-in kitchens is now, has been increasing. Yes. It used to be like five, less than 10%. And now it's about 20%. And, yeah, and I noticed this, uh, new apartments that are being like renovated are always putting a kitchen in. Yeah. Like, like my, my last apartment, which is my first apartment by myself. 
they they just renovated it. It had a built-in kitchen. When I move out, it stays there. Right. And then even when I moved to the apartment now with my girlfriend, there was already a kitchen in, and they were like, "Hey, we're going to leave the kitchen in. Is that cool with you?" He was like, "Yeah, fine." Because then I don't have to find a kitchen. Like exactly, I don't want to find one. Yeah. My last place came with a kitchen. My friends moved into a new place that came with a kitchen. It's definitely more common now, and also that means they can bump up the rent. You know, yeah. if they put a kitchen in there, they can make the rent higher. Exactly, which but, is what they want. But it is true. The, I'd say the majority, seventy-five percent. Yeah, you got to find your own you thing. Find but but that's it. If it's a sublet, you're cool. If if, if yeah, if it's a if it is your apartment, you're the main tenant. And it's a proper rental. Then yeah, it will be, and that's it'll, the thing. It'll be empty. If it's a proper rental, you got to really think to yourself: How much do you want to put into a kitchen of a rental place? If you want to stay there for five years, is it worth getting a really nice kitchen? But um, if you're just if you're just in Berlin for like a year abroad, eh, not worth exactly. it. Exactly. Right? You know, build your own counter tops. I don't know. I bought a place. We built our own kitchen, and even doing that was not incredibly expensive. So yeah, but you can also again, if you install a kitchen, you can always sell it when you move. You won't get all your money back, but you also get true. about a half your money back, maybe. Yeah, also true. So yeah. uh, I love my kitchen. Just, kitchen yeah, you have just great something in there. Yeah, big fan of it. <laughs> but his fridge was so small, he had to get a second except, one. Except my fridge. Yeah, nah. <laughs> our fridge, because yeah, the layout we really messed up a little bit. So we have a little tiny fridge that's uh, fifty centimeters wide. <laughs> And I realized I put like two beers in there and a wine bottle. I was like, we need more space. Now, just for everybody, for 50 centimeters wide, think of a ruler. Think of two rulers. Okay. So that's two feet. 50 centimeters is less than two, is a, a ruler and a half, <laughs> one and a half rulers. So keep that in mind. That it's is how wide skinny. his fridge is. Yeah. It's real skinny. Uh, so yeah, we got, we got a little separate uh, drink fridge, which I really like now, actually. It's like a whole yeah. case of beer in there. It's fantastic. Um, but anyways, enough about kitchens. Let's talk about the kitchen of our mouths. <laughs> That's a, that was, mm. those were words, which is our tongue <laughs> and this uh, whiskey. Can I have like a tiny splash? Yeah, like, a little tiny I, splash. Got, I have like a, a, a basement. I just want the first floor. <laughs> if that makes it, I think you know what I mean. I, I, I got you fam. But, yeah. uh, again, this is the, uh, Glenfiddich 15 year single malt scotch whiskey. Uh, anyone who knows whiskey knows Glenfiddich is a very known brand and it's their 15 year. We've had the 12. Um, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Let's, let's uh, refresh your memory. I like it a lot. It's tasty. It's I mean, very tasty. It's not blowing me away. It, no. it, it, it's 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 good though. It's a, it, I can't. I think if I remember correctly, for the Glenfiddich twelve years, we said this is a scotch. This is kind of like your definition of a scotch. Like nothing amazing, nothing yes. bad about it. It's like your average good definition of a scotch. I think this kind of fits in there, maybe slightly better. But like, yeah, I think so. I, I think it's really really smooth. Um, it's got a lot of flavor, but it's not. Yeah, it's not blowing me away. But it's just like this is a scotch. This is a scotch. A, it's scotch. A, it's a very good scotch. And you know what? Excuse me. Absolutely shelf worthy. This is forty euro. Forty euro for fifteen year. I mean, forty bucks for a fifteen year solid scotch like again if you have if you if you don't maybe you can only have five scotches on your wall have this glenn finish 15 year be one of this guy yeah this this is a great i think just kind of because it's not super expensive and it's super tasty someone comes over you want to have a drink this is a great one to have you know what i mean it's a good after work drink i i yeah i like it a lot um but again it's nothing super like exceptional yeah so i'm gonna go like a solid a real solid eight Mm, I think I think eight is 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 where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah definitely shelf worthy. I recommend this to anybody. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I said that very like hesitantly, but I think eight. If you really take into fact that a fact, it, ugh, take the fact the fact. If you take into account that it is only forty bucks, I think yeah. then I'm very confident with the eight because it, it's a good whiskey and just like very affordable. So it's got to be an eight. It's yeah. unbelievably solid. It's 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 good stuff. I like it a lot. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I, if you guys get a chance, it's gonna. It comes in a cool. Uh, you know, what do you call it? Whiskey sleeve, if you will. Triangular. Yeah, like, yeah, triangular whiskey sleeve. Uh, try it out. I'm really hoping uh, when I visit for Christmas in the upcoming months, I think what I'm going to try to do is take like two or three bottles of American whiskey and bring it back here because, you oh, know, because, nice. you know, it's like impossible to ship them to, right. to Germany. Yeah. So I think I might, you know, a few of the ones that we keep hearing about from our listeners, I might. Just, that we cannot get here. I might just load into my suitcase just so do we it. can. Yeah, let's just, uh, let's do that. Awesome. And on that note, everybody, uh, thank you so much for listening again. We uh, appreciate the hell out of all of you who are listening. You guys are incredible. And, and and this episode and the episode before are only exist because of you guys, because these exactly. were these were literally questions that you guys sent in. You took the time out of your day. You you gave us the cues. We we're throwing some A's back. We hope it's good enough. If you want follow ups, just continue to message us on the contact us on the website or uh, through our Instagram or through our Facebook. We answer all of them, you know, equally. Yeah. We love you. Don't know why I said that awkwardly. It just, just <laughs> came out that way. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we love all of you. So, uh, yeah, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, stay thirsty. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> you fucker. Couldn't do it. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Just give me a second. <laughs> oh, I just gotta get the let it out. Oh, get it out. Laffy. Oh my.